Hey, how you doing there? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Mem, Daf 40 of Masech the Yuvamis. Friends, uh, Daf Mem, uh, well, the first part of Daf Mem, we continue discussing the Machlokas between Abishol and the Rabbonon regarding um, Yibum nowadays. If uh, if uh, maybe we should prefer Chalitza or if it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and then we get up to another Mishnah where we talk about... Um, Shimon or whoever does Yibum inheriting his brother uh, and then we get to Shniz uh, Laraiz <laughs> fun stuff well friends let's start on Daflam Tesamud Bays all the way at the bottom bottom line Ema Seifa or I think we could say Reisha Ema Reisha we'll say the Reisha friends what are we talking about so yesterday we saw a Machlokas between Abba Shaul and um, the Rabbanon, where Abba Shaul says that look, you can do um, yibum if it if you're doing it for the right reasons. But if you're doing it because you know you're attracted to your sister-in-law, so it's so better that you shouldn't do yibum. Whereas the Rabbanon say, look, you know, yibum is uh, you know can you can do you can do yibum for whatever reason, right? Just uh, yibum is a mitzvah, you can do it. So. Now we have a kasha. The Gemara says, but Ema Reisha, what if we look at the first part of the Bryce? We saw a Bryce at the end of the daf yesterday where we kind of explained it both according to Abishol and according to the Chachomim. But what about if we look at the other part of the Bryce? Matzos Teochob Mokim Kodosh. The Pasuk says, Matzos Teochob Mokim Kodosh. If we look at that Pasuk, what does the Pasuk say? It says, Mimenu so whatever's left over in the Korban Mincha, so Aharon and his children, i.e. <coughs> the Kohanim can eat it. Matzus Teochov Mokum Kodosh, they can eat matzus in a holy place, Bechatzu Amor Yuchlu, they can eat it in the courtyard of the Oil Moed. Now, it didn't need to say Matzus Teochov Mokum Kodosh, it already says that whatever's left over, they can eat it. Memele, it's matzah because the Mincha was never Chomets. So why do I need the Pasuk to say Matzus Teochov Mokum Kodosh, that they eat matzus in a holy place? So says the Braisa, uh, so here we have a mitzvah that was initially permitted, right? You have flour, regular flour. You can you can eat regular flour, nesra. But then uh, you makdish it to be a mincha, to be a korban. So then it because you then you can't eat it. It's off limits. It's hektish. Because of utra. But then once you take once the kohen takes the kometz and he puts it you know, he puts whatever needs to go on the mizbeach on the mizbeach, so then the kohanim can eat it, so it becomes permitted again. Is it possible that it goes back to its initial permissible state? And the gemara is going to explain what that means. Therefore, it says matzos will be eaten in a holy place. It's a mitzvah. So now, the, what is, how do we understand this brisa? What does this mean? So b'shlom So I understand. According to Ravid, Amr Amani Rabbanon, who said that this Bryce is Dafka according to the rabbis. So listen, Rabbanoni, right? Who said that uh, it's about um, just doing the mitzvah. Well, then, this is how you explain this part of the Bryce. That when we say that that the uh, matzahs are eaten in a holy place, that initially it was uh, permitted. Right, initially this flour was permitted. It wasn't hectic or anything. If you want, eat the flour, make pizza, see what we care. If you want, don't eat the flour, let somebody else make pizza, see what we care. 
Nesra. In this case, we're going to read the parentheses, even though we never do, but uh, it seems like in this case we have to read it. Nesra. But now, when you remakdish the flower, it becomes Osir. Chazavutra. But then, you know, after the Kohen takes the fistful and puts it on the Mizbeach, so then it becomes permitted once again for the quantum to eat it. Yochotachsa the is it possible that it goes back to its initial permitted state? Ratsa ochla, ratsa eno ochla. Is it possible, right? And if he wants to, he can eat it. If he wants to, he doesn't have to eat it. Ratsa eno ochla. What do you mean if he doesn't have to eat it? Be'oksiv, the Pasuk says, Va'oklo osam shakupa boim. That it says that, that, um, it will be eaten those who have been atoned for it. Melami, that it teaches. Shakwanim ochlum vilem is kapin. That the quantum eat it, eat the korban mincha, and then the people, or the korbonis, and then the people get uh, their atonement. So what do you mean that, meaning, when this flour, before it was made into a Corbin, so you can make pizza out of it. You know, see what we care. Make pizza, don't make pizza. Make falafel. Do whatever you want with it. Eat it, don't eat it. See what we care. So then your maktish should be a, a Corbin Mincha. And then the coin takes a fistful, puts it on this Beach, and now it becomes permitted to the quantum to eat. So is it possible that they have that same choice of whether or not to eat it? What do you mean, whether or not to eat it? Of course they have to eat it. That's how the kapara happens. So, is it possible that now, at this point, once the comets, once the fistfuls of flowers been put on the mezbeach, is it possible that um, if the kohen who offered the, the offering wants to eat it, if he wants, he can let his friend eat it? So, if it says that these uh, that it should be that these matzis should be in in a holy place, i.e., that it's a mitzvah for the uh, kohen to uh, eat the um, for the kohen who offered the korban mincha to eat the korban mincha. Fine. So I understand that according to the rabbis, right? According to the rabbis who say that when it comes to yibum, there's a mitzvah. For Shimon to do Yibum, so he does Yibum. Over here, there's a mitzvah for the Kayin to eat the, the leftover Mincha, so he eats the leftover Mincha. But according to Yitzchak Ba'avdim, who says that this, that this Bryce is what are the two different levels in the case of the Mincha? Meaning, right, we explained, right, um, that in the context of Yibum, so it could be, well, it depends. It depends what your intentions are. If your intentions are to do the mitzvah of Yibum, so then great. If your intention is for some ulterior motive, well then don't do it, right? You have to have intention for the mitzvah. You have, you have to have intention to do the mitzvah of Yibum, but if you have some kind of ulterior motive, so then don't do it. So what is the, that alter, ulterior motive when it comes to minachis? Right? When it comes to Yibum, the ulterior motive is maybe you're attracted to your sister-in-law or something like that. But what, what's, the alter, what's the ulterior motive when it comes to uh, the mincha? Right? Maitre gavneika. What are sort of the two different levels, the two different perspectives that you might have towards this mincha? Um, well, maybe you could say, well, it depends. Are you, are you eating it because you have an appetite? Or are you eating it achila gasa? Too much, too much eating. Achila gasa, mishma achila. But uh, eating, you know, too much overeating isn't actually called eating. That if a fellow overeats on Yom Kippur, so he's not in violation of, you know, somebody who does not uh, afflict himself, right? You have to afflict yourself on Yom Kippur. If you overeat, you're still, you're afflicting yourself. So you're actually not in violation of eating on Yom Kippur, or at least of violating 
the 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 requirement to afflict oneself. No, so so we can't say that it's talking about well maybe your perspective is uh, for your appetite or to overeat. Overeating isn't actually considered eating. So maybe we'll say well it depends. Maybe you're planning to eat it matzah versus if you're planning to eat it chometz. But the pasuk says that you can't uh, right, right, that, it, right, that it's impossible for a korban mincha to be chametz. You can't uh, bake a mincha to be chametz at all. So therefore, right, you can't say that that it's possible that he's gonna that the mincha is gonna be chametz. There is no mincha that's chametz. No. So rather we could say, well, it depends. Right, maybe you have to eat it matzah, or maybe you can eat it as like a, a boiled uh, flour, right? If you boil it, so But then, what's the deal with this boiled flour? If the boiled flour is matzah, well, he's just eating matzah, so who cares? And if it's not matzah, well, then it's going to be a problem because the dafka has to be matzah. And you can't, if it's not matzah, then, 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 then you can't eat it. So what exactly are these two levels that Abashu, that you would be able to explain the mincha that it could be in accordance with Abashu? So le'olam, so lo, le'olam emalach matzahi. Really, I would say, look, boiled flour offering would be considered matzah nonetheless, but ulachitane bekra le'akev. And when the Pasuk says, um, right, he says matzah tiyach of makum kadosh, when it when when the pasuk reiterates that you have to eat this as matzah, it's la'akev. It's to say that yes, even though technically speaking, this boiled flour is considered uh, matzah, but in this particular case, we want you to use it. We we want you to use actual matzah and not um, flour that was first boiled before it was um, baked. So you can explain that the brisa is actually uh, could be in accordance with Abishol as well, and it's saying that we specifically um, want you to eat the um, uh, mincha as matzah, but not this process that was first boiled before baked, even though technically speaking it's considered matzah. Um, uh, but then the Gemara says, well, if we're saying that this uh, flour that was first boiled and then baked is considered matzah, but you can't actually do that for a korban mincha, well then what's the point of saying that it's matzah? If at the end of the day you can't use it, so to say, well, that you can use this uh, um, flour that's been boiled and then baked uh, for your matzah on Pesach. And even though you first boiled it before baking it, came since you then baked it afterwards, we can call it the blood of affliction. And a fellow can use this matzah on Pesach. So we see that by a Korban Mincha, you'd have to use regular matzah, but um, on Pesach, technically you'd be able to use this uh, matzah that was first boiled before it was baked. And therefore you can explain the Brisa both according to the Rabbanon as well as according to Abishol. And now we get to a Mishnah that uh, discusses um, the inheritance of the brother who died. Snacholitz liyevimto so if, um, uh, so let's say you have, I don't know, Reuven, Shimelevi, and Yehuda, and uh, Reuven dies, and what do we say? So, so Reuven, of course, was married to Sarah, and now Shimon does Chalitza 
with sar. He does chalitza with sar. Doesn't do yibim. He does chalitza. So acholitz leave him. Does shimon does chalitza. How you keechem and achen and not Right. So now, how do you divide up Ruvain's inheritance? Right. Ruvain's dead. What happens to his estate? So Shimon had done chalitza with. Sorry. Now, if Shimon has done yibum, as we're going to see in a second, if Shimon had does had done yibum with Sarah, well, then he would get he would inherit Ruvain. But um, it, we're, the mission is saying that if Shimon does chalitza with Sarah, so he doesn't get um, uh, Ruvain's portion. Rather, he divides up with the rest of the brothers, with Shimon and Levi. They divide up equally Ruvain's. Um, estate. So Acholitz Levimto Shimon does Chalitza with Sare Haveru Kechem and Achin. So then he is, so he inherits Ruvain like you know together with with uh, Levi and Yehuda Lenachla regarding his estate. Ve'im Yeshsham of Nechasim Shalav. Now if their father is still alive, so if Ruvain died when their father is still alive, so then forget about it. The, right, right, right. It goes to the father. It doesn't go to the brothers. Ruvain's estate goes to the father. Now, what if Shimon does Yibum with, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, what, what if Shimon does Yibum with, sorry, so then, Zohar bin Chasim Shalachiv, so he um, inherits Ruven, right, it's not that, right, so at this point, right, if he did Chalitza, we said that he divides up equally with Levi and Yehuda, but if he does Yibum, so then he inherits Ruven. Abura Omer says Abura Bainkah Uvainkah Emyesham Abn Khasim Shalav that regardless of if Shimon does Yibum or if he does Khalitza, if the father is alive, the inheritance of uh, Ruven goes to the father, it does not go to Shimon. Even if he did Yibum, he does right, he does not inherit Ruven. The father inherits Ruven. Says the Gemara Pshita. The Gemara says, Well, that's obvious. What's obvious? That if Shimon does chalitza with Sar, i.e., that he doesn't do yibum with Sar, so then he inherits um, Ruvain together with Levi and Yehud. So Sakadate Hamina, well, I may have thought to say chalitza b'makom yibum kaim. Well, I may have thought to say that chalitza is simply an alternative to yibum, i.e., just like if you do yibum, right? Just like if Shimon does yibum with Sar, so then he inherits Ruvain's estate. So also if he does chalitza with Sarah, he inherits Ruvain's estate, right? Is not right if he does yibum or chalitza. Whoever steps up to the plate inherits Ruvain's estate. and therefore Shimon, even by doing chalitza, should be able to inherit all of Ruvain's estate. Kamash Malan. Therefore, what it is saying is that no, he does not inherit the entire estate. Rather, he inherits um, together with Levi and Yehuda. They divide it up equally. But one second, if that's the case to say, I may have thought to say. Right, if it's the case that I may have thought to say that Ruvain should, that Shimon should entire, well, that Shimon should inherit Ruvain after doing Chalitza. And then the Mishnah is saying, but that's not true. He does not inherit Ruvain after doing Chalitza. Rather, he just inherits like the other brothers together with Levi and Yehuda equally. When it says that he's just like the rest of the brothers, should say he's only like the rest of the brothers, right? I.e., Meaning, initially we thought that he should in- entirely inherit Reuven, and then we're saying, no, he doesn't entirely inherit Reuven, rather he just inherits like the other brothers, right? So instead of saying, right, which is like, I would have thought that he shouldn't get anything at all, but we say, no, he, he does, he inherits, he's just like the other brothers, that he gets it as well, 
but it doesn't say that, right? So, 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 um, but if it was saying like we thought that he should have gotten all of it, and we're saying no, he doesn't get all of it, he only gets like the rest of the brothers, so it should say, it should say he's only, no, he doesn't get everything. He's only like the rest of the brothers, but it doesn't say that. Rather, he says he is like the rest of the brothers, i.e., I would have thought that maybe he doesn't get anything at all. Right? So, I may have thought to say, No, so rather, actually, I may have thought that actually we punish Shimon. I may have thought that since Shimon, instead of doing Yibum, he did Chalitza. And the whole point of Yibum is that we want to keep Reuven's name going. Right? And Shimon decided he's not doing, what did I say? Right? The whole point of Yibum is to keep Ruven's name going. And Shimon decided that he's not doing Yibum. He's going to do Chalitza instead. And now Ruven's name cannot continue going. So maybe we should find him. And he shouldn't get anything at all. So therefore the mission is saying, no, he does. He's just like the rest of the brothers. He inherits together with, um, Levi and Yehuda. The mission had said in Yesham of that if the father is alive, so then the father inherits Ruven. That the father uh, has precedence to all of his children, right? So if Reuven dies and there's Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda, but Yaakov, the father, is still alive, so Yaakov uh, inherits them, the, inherits Reuven, uh, not the kids. We said that if uh, Shimon does Yibum with Sarah, so then he inherits um, um, Reuven. So my time, Yaakov, Mashimachiv, Amrachman, Varekom. Because the Pasuk says that he will um, be established on the name of his brother. And he did that. So he sort of gets his brother's uh, estate. So Yehuda had said that if the father is alive. So whether Shimon did Yibam. Whether Shimon did uh, Chalitza. And I'm just saying Shimon. It could have been Levi or Yehuda either. But uh, meaning I'm just using Shimon as one of the brothers. Shimon does Chalitza. Whether Shimon does Yibum, whether Shimon does Chalitza, if the father is alive, the father inherits Ruven, and that is that Shimon doesn't get anything, even if he did Yibum. Amu'ula Allah Kerb Yehuda says, Ula, the Allah follows Rabbi Yehuda. Bechen Amr Bitzchik Nafcha Allah Kerb Yehuda, and Rabbi Bitzchik Nafcha also says that the Allah follows Rabbi Yehuda, that if the father is alive, he inherits Ruven, and that is that Shimon does not inherit Ruven, even if he does Yibum. The Amr Ula and says, Ula, Vitema, Right, and even after the father dies, Kilu Zeo, the father was alive, he inherits Ruven, he inherits Ruven, and that's that. Vomer Ula says, What's Rebuda's rationale? The Pazuk says, Because we say in the context of Yibum that then there will be a firstborn Yingle to, um, to, uh, to, to, you know, to Shimon, and it'll be on the name of uh, the father, Ruven. So, so we compare the inheritance to, to a Bechor. Ma Bechor ein lo Bechayoav, Afainami ein lo Bechayoav. Just like a firstborn does not inherit, uh, anything while his father is alive. So here also, Shimon is not going to inherit anything, um, while his father is alive. Ima Bechor noto pishnaim lachemisasoav, Afainoto pishnaim lachemisasoav, befrekti gemara, okay, in a chinami. The, the firstborn does not inherit anything while his father is alive, but once his father, uh, dies, so then the firstborn gets a double portion. So I would think here that once the father dies, then Shimon should get his portion plus Ruven's. And that doesn't seem to be the case. So midi yakum ashim oviv ksiv, yakum ashim ochiv ksiv, velo ashim ov. 
To which the Gemara answers, yes, but in the context of Yibam, it says that the Yingle that will be born will be established on, 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 on the name of his brother, not the name of his father, right? And therefore, meaning if when, when, when the father, Yaakov, dies, Shimon is now getting the double portion, uh, his and Ruvain, but then he's inheriting his father from his father. But the point is that he's, he inherits Ruvain. So the point is if, uh, Yaakov is alive, um, Shimon, uh, misses out, loses out on his opportunity to inherit Reuven. But if Yaakov is uh, Gishturban, so then uh, Shimon inherits his brother, inherits um, Reuven. Ema, but now the Gemara, maybe I'll suggest, Heichadaleka Abdelishko Nachla Tiskayim. Wait, what did I just say? Yeah, exactly. Ema, Heichadaleka Abdelishko Nachla Tiskayim Mitzvasibim. Maybe I'll suggest that, okay, when Yaakov is not alive, and therefore Shimon, by doing Yibum with Sare, is able to inherit, right, Yaakov Hashim Ochib, he's able to inherit his brother Reuven. Maybe in that case, when Shimon is able to inherit Reuven, that is where there is Yibum. But where Yaakov is alive, the Loshakil Nachla, and therefore Shimon will not be inheriting Reuven, because it goes to Yaakov, Lotiskai Mitzvah Yibum. So we don't do Yibum at all in that case, because Shimon can't inherit Reuven, only where Shimon can inherit Reuven is there Yibum. If Shimon's not going to inherit Reuven, then there is no Yibum. Midi Yibum, Rachmana, to which the Gemara says, well, whoever said, what, what, what makes you think that whether or not to do Yibum is dependent on whether or not you can inherit, uh, Shimon inherits Reuven? Yabumim Yabme, do Yibum, Viyikanachla Shakuli, Vilo Lo No, Shimon, do Yibum with Sarah. If there is inheritance that you can chop, give aldig. If not, don't. But do yibum. Either way, do yibum. Yosef, Reb Chanina Kara, coming to Yane. Reb Chanina Kara was sitting before Yanev Yosef Yikarim, and he says, Alocha Kirib Yehuda. That the Alocha follows Reb Yehuda, that um, if the father is alive, then Shimon doesn't inherit at all. <coughs> um, to which Rabbiane says, Hey, Basta, get out of here. Go read your verses outside. The Allah does not follow Rabbiudha. A certain teacher of Bryce is taught before Rabbiudha that the Allah is not like Rabbiudha. So Rabbiudha says, Okay, fine. So if it's not like Rabbiudha, then who's it like? The rabbis? Pshita, that's obvious that it's like the rabbis. Of course, when you have machlokas between an individual and many, so the halacha follows the, the, the opinion of the many. So, to which um, this Tana said, you know what? If this b'risa seems to um, not make any sense, I'll simply delete it from my, you know, from my sort of collection of b'risas. To which Rav Nachman gives a pretty interesting answer. So Amalei Rav Nachman says to this uh, Tana, he says, Lo, at halacha asnaich umukshahi daakshiloch ve'apchas l'madaapchas shapir apchas. Rav Nachman says to this teacher, he says, look, let me tell you something. You were actually taught a funny b'risa. You were actually taught that the halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda. But you said, how could it be? That the halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda. Yochid v'Rab Malachi Kram. So therefore, you switched it around to say that the follow does. There is to say that the halacha does not follow Rabbi Yehuda. But that's. But then, what's the chiddush of the brisa that the halacha doesn't follow Rabbi Yehuda? Of course, the halacha does not follow Rabbi Yehuda. It's going to follow the chacham. So therefore, Kilu, the brisa you were taught a peculiar brisa. 
You were taught a brisa that says that the Allah follows a Yehuda. And that didn't make any sense to you. Because how could the Allah follow a Yehuda? Shouldn't we pass it to Rabbanon? So you flipped it around. But says Rav Nachman, the truth is that yes, you were taught that the Allah follows Rabbi Yehuda. It didn't make sense to you, so you flipped it around. And says Rav Nachman, you were right to flip it around because Allah does not follow Rabbi Yehuda. And it's simply a peculiar brisa that doesn't really make sense. You were correct to flip it around because Allah does not actually follow Rabbi Yehuda. So again, let's read that again. Tanakamadu Rav Nachman, there was a teacher of brises who taught before Rav Nachman, ain't Allah Rabbi Yehuda, that Allah is not like Rabbi Yehuda. And so Amalus Rav Nachman says to him, come on, Krabbonon. So, okay, fine. So you're telling me that the Bryce says the Allah is not like Rabbi Yehuda. So who's it like? The Rabbi's Pshita. That would be obvious. When you have an individual and, 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 and many, so the Allah follows the many. So Amalus Asami. So he says, you know what? If this Bryce, so the t- teacher says, look, if this Bryce doesn't make sense, I'll just delete it from my, from my sort of collection of Bryce. So Amalus, no. So Rav Nachman says, no. At Allah is Look, let me tell you something. The brisa that was taught to you was that the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda. And, but it didn't make any sense to you because how could the halacha be like Rabbi Yehuda if the rabbis argue? So you flipped it around and says Rav Nachman, even though, yes, the brisa was taught to you to say that the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda and you flipped it around to be, to be not what you were taught, nonetheless, you were right to flip it around because the halacha is not like Rabbi Yehuda. Okay. Friends, now we get to a, another Mishnah, a new Mishnah. Um, and this Mishnah talks back, you get back into like Arias and Shnitzla Arias and who could marry who. So, friends, I hope you're in the mood. It says the Mishnah, So if uh, Ruvain um, was married to Sari, Ruvain dies, Shimon does Chalitza with Sari. Shimon does Chalitza with Sari. Who also So now he is not allowed to marry her relatives. She is not allowed to marry his relatives. Who also beima? He's not allowed to marry her mother. her mother's mother. her um, uh, father's mother. her daughter. her daughter's daughter. her son's daughter. And also he can't marry her sister. Sorry, sister. Bismanchi Kayemis, as long as Sari is alive, he cannot marry Sari's sister. Mutarin. But the brothers, right, um, 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 the uh, brothers would be permitted to these um, people. Um, Kilu, uh, Shimon's brothers would be allowed. Shimon's brothers would not be allowed to marry Sari because uh, she's Aishasa. Um, uh, no, because since. Um, they did, um, right, since there's no longer an opportunity to do Yibum anymore, right, because it says that once, uh, right, uh, once already they gave up the opportunity, right, by Shimon doing Chalitza, so they gave up the opportunity to do Yibum, so now nobody else can uh, marry, sorry, but the uh, other relatives would be permitted to the other brothers. Uh, she's not allowed to marry Shimon's father, and Shimon's father's father, Uve bno Shimon's son, uve vembno and Shimon's grand uh, Shimon's son son, beochiv Shimon's brother, uve venochiv nephew. Mutter adam bekrovas tsaris chalutzasu, also bitsaris krovas chalutzasu. A person is permitted to marry 
the relative of the tsara of his chalutza, right? So let's say Ruvain was not just married to Sarah, but was also married to uh, Rivka. Sarah and Rivka are not related. So Shimon married, was married, Ruvain was married to Sarah and to Rivka. Now, um, Shimon does chalitza with Sarah. So now, um, um, so Shimon was, uh, so, so, so Shimon did chalitza with Sarah. And so, of course, he would not be able to do, uh, to, to, to marry Rivke, who is Sarah's Tsara, but he's permitted to marry Rivke's sister, right? Right? Mutar Adam Bekrovas, the relative of Tsara's Chalutzaso, the Tsara of the one who he did Chalitza with, so he did Chalitza with, uh, Sara. Her Tsara, her co-wife is Rivke. Shimon would be permitted to Rivke's sister. But he's forbidden the Tsara of the relative of his chalutza. So he did, um, so if Shimon does chalitza with Sarah, so now if Sarah's sister is married to some fellow and she has a co-wife over there, uh, Shimon would not be allowed to marry the co-wife of um, Sarah's sister. Okay, so now frag the Gemara. Ibailu. So the Gemara wants to know. You want to know what the Gemara wants to know? Gazu shnis b'chalutza o lo. Heh. Fun stuff, right? Well, the Gemara wants to know <laughs> when it comes to chalutza, right? So we said uh, uh, Shimon does chalitza with uh, Sar Givaldi. So we said now he's not allowed to marry her mother, her mother's mother, right? Kilu. Apparently, when it comes to chalutza, there's also arayas. But what about shnis la arayas? So be'erva the arayse goes b'rabon shnis. So when it comes to mamish eravamidaraisa, right? So for example, a fellow is married to a woman, so that woman's sister, it's mamish and isa So therefore we make all, you know, or like that woman's mother, it's an eravidaraisa. So we make certain shnias la raisa because out of concern for, for eravidaraisa. But maybe when it comes to chalutza, which, you know, when it comes to like uh, Sarah's sister and things like that, right? These arayas, when it comes to chalutza, these relatives of a chalutza to begin with are only midir abanut, so maybe shnias aren't really a thing. Or maybe it makes no difference. That just like by ervidir raise, we have shnias, so also by ervidir abanun, um, by, for example, the, the arayas, the relatives of a chalutza, which is only midir abanun, nonetheless, we still have shnias there as well. Tashma, come in here. Hu asur ima, ima. So the Mishnah had said that Ruvain is not allowed, that, where the Chimin is not allowed to marry Sarah's mother, grandmother. But it doesn't say anything about Sarah's mother's mother's mother. Oh, which would be a Shneas Larais, implying that Shneas Larais doesn't seem to be a thing. To which the Gemara says, well, maybe Shnias Larais is a thing, but Dilmahainu time of the low Tani. Maybe this why, this is why, right, maybe Sarah's mother's mother's mother is a thing, but for the following reason it was left out. Mishum de Kabay the Mishnah Seifa, because the Mishnah continues and says, that the brothers are permitted to marry these relatives. And if the Mishnah would have mentioned Sarah's mother's mother's mother, well then, have Amina. I may have thought to say, I may have, if, if the Mishnah had mentioned that Shimon is also 
to Sarah's mother's mother's mother. So I may have thought to say that when the Mishnah then says that the brothers are permitted, I may have thought the brothers are dafka permitted to Sarah's mother's mother's mother of Abbaim Ima over Ima Lo, but there is nonetheless not allowed to marry Sarah's mother and mother's mother. And therefore, the Mishnah left out Sarah's mother's mother's mother in order to make it clear that when the Mishnah says that the brothers are allowed to marry um, are allowed to, to marry these relatives, it's even Sarah's mother and Sarah's mother's mother, right? So like, um, right, so like Levi and Yehuda can marry Sarah's mother and her mother. Vilisni aim ima, aim ima, but wait, why can't the Mishnah list Sarah's mother's mother's mother? Vilisni achin mutan bechulon, and then just say that the brothers are allowed to marry all of them. The mother, the mother's mother, the mother's mother's mother, whoever they want. Kasha. The Gemara says, well, it's taka, shtaka, kasha. Alright, fine, very nice. So now we continue on our quest to decipher if Shneis Larais apply to Chalitza. Says the Gemara Tashma, Komenir, he asur be'oviv, uve'ovi oviv. So it says in the Mishnah that Sore, right? Shimon does Chalitza with Sore. And now we're saying that Sore is not allowed to marry uh, Shimon's father and Shimon's father's father. Katanimiya, avi avi. So we're mentioning that uh, uh, um, Sore is Asura to Shimon's father's father. My love, Mishum Cholets. Davila Kalas Beno. That, what's the issue with um, uh, the um, uh, Shimon's father's father? Well, Sare, the whole, right, in terms of Chalitza with Shimon, right, she had a Zika with Shimon, and then they did Chalitza. So, Yaakov, right, Shimon's father Yaakov, would be Osir to, um, to, um, Sare because it's his, uh, daughter-in-law. So that's a regular erva. But Yaakov's father being Osir to Sare, that would be a Shnias Larayos, right? The, the daughter-in-law of his son. That Shnias Larayos. So we seem to be said, so this seems to imply that there is Shnias Larayos when it comes to, uh, Chalitza. Lo, Mishum Misna. No, rather, don't forget, Sare was married to Reuven, was Mamash married to Reuven. And when Sare was married to Reuven, so then Yaakov was her father-in-law, and Yaakov was an erva, and because that was an erva to Oraise, so then Yaakov's father was also Osir because of um, the daughter-in-law of his son, and therefore... That is the right on account of the fact that Sarah was married to Ruvain, that is why um uh Shimon's father's father is also because she was married to Ruvain, not because of the Khalitza with Shimon. Tashma Kominir, Uven Bino. The Mishnah says that Sarah is not allowed to marry Shimon's son's son. My love, Mishum Khalitz. Mistamitz because of Khalitza. Right? That Shimon did Khalitza with uh, Sarah, right? It's Keilu, they were married. And his son's son, Davila, Ashes, Ovi, Oviv. So, right, for Shimon's son's son, so who's Sarah? Sarah is the wife, right? He did Chalitza with her, but is essentially the wife. Via Chalitza, or after Chalitza, or before Chalitza, I guess, of this kid's father's father, right? So it's this kid's father's father's wife. 
which is Shniyas Laraiyas, in the context of Chalitza, Lo Mishum Misna. No, it's because, after all, um, Sarah was married to Ruvain, and she's therefore this kid's father's father's brother's wife. Vehavila Eishes Achiyov Yoviv, it's his father's father's brother's wife. But one second, but Amemar says that your father's father's brother's wife is taka okay. It's not an issue of Shinias Larais, anyways. So Amemar Mukila Bibar Brod Disovis. So Amemar would explain that, yeah, what is, what's it talking about? So yes, it's talking about Sare in the context of Ruven, the fact that Sare was married to Ruven, that's why we're talking about Shinias. But um, Amemar would say that your father's father's brother's wife would be. Permitted wouldn't be an issue of shneis, um, 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 uh, but a memor would say that actually when it says um, son's son, it's talking about Shimon's father, Reuben and Shimon's father Yaakov, right? If you look in the in the in the Mishnah, what does it say? It says asur be'aviv, aviv uvivno, right? So kilu uh, uh, his father Yaakov and his father's father uvivno, and whose son? Yaakov's son, Uveven Beno, and Yaakov's grandson. So it's talking about Shimon's brother and Shimon's son, which um, that is why it is Usr. So it's not talking about Shimon's son's son. It's talking about Shimon's, uh, you know, um, Shimon's brother and Shimon's brother's son. So Yahachi, if that's the case, but if that's the case, then that's just his brother and his son. So So we're saying, yeah, but right now we're, we're talking about Yaakov's son and Yaakov's son's son. Whereas when the Mishnah mentions the brother and the brother's son, that's talking about from the mother. All right, fine. Sounds good to me. It says the Gemara Toshma. That when it comes to Chalutza, um, there are four arayos that 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 would generally be Israelva midoraisa. Like for example, if you're married, then these arayos would be deoraisa, and therefore that would be derabbanon. Av uvno, his father, his son, achiv uven achiv, his brother, um, and his brother's son. Midivetar, those are midoraisa. Avi aviv, his father's father. Vavi imo, his father's mother. Um, I'm sorry, his mother's father, or his father's father, his mother's father, Ben Bino, his uh, son's son, Uven Bito, and his daughter's son. Okay. Midivisofim, those would be Osir, Midivisofim, Shneas. Katanimia, Avi Aviv. So, one second. So, Rabchia just taught that when it comes to Chalutza, there is father's father. My love, Mishum Cholitz. And Mishum, we're talking about Shimon did Chalitza with Sarah, and now Sarah is Osir to Shimon's father's father. Bahavila Kalas Bino. And it's Kala's Bino, it's the daughter-in-law of his son, right? right? Daughter-in-law of Shimon's grandfather's son, i.e. his father. And therefore, his grandfather is also because of the daughter-in-law of his son, which is Ashniyas Larais, Lo Mishumisna Davila Kala's Bino. No, rather, it's, no, the reason why Shimon's father's father is Osir is because actually Reuven was married to Sarah and because Reuven was married to Sarah and they were mamish married so therefore that is why the father's father is Osir Tashma Avi Imo his mother's father Malav Mishum Cholets Davila Kalas Bito we say no new Mistama that's because of uh, Shimon the Cholets 
Um, and we see that Shniyas Arayis by Chalitza, Lo Misha Misna, Tarvila Kalas Bito. No, it's because Sarah was married to Ruvain, and that is why uh, Shimon's mother's father was Osir, because of that, not because of Chalitza. Tashma, Kamenir, Uven Bino, and um, um, Shimon's son's son. My love, Mishum Cholet. Some were talking about Shimon. Tahavila, Eishes, Avi Aviv, and Sarah is the his father's father's wife. Lo Mishumisna, no, it's because of Reuven. Tahavila, Eishes, Ochi, Avi Aviv. No, it's his father's um, father's brother's wife. But a member says that your father's father's brother's wife is okay. Um, so actually, Amemar actually says that it is talking about Shimon and it's his father's father's wife, which is um, and actually Amemar holds that there is by and the son of his daughter um my love mishum cholitz the avila eishes avi imo so um we're assuming that it's talking about shimon and sorry and the issue is that um it's this kid's mother's father's wife which is shnis laraiis lo mishum misna no it's because of uh, ruven the avila eishes achi avi imo that it's this kid's mother's father's brother's wife veha gabishni is the erva lo gazu but one second, but by Arayus, we don't make a gzera by one's mother's, father's, brother's, wife. Rather, must be talking about So we see that actually, by Chalitza, there is Shniyas Larayus. So now the Mishnah had said that a fellow is permitted to, uh, right, so Shimon, who does Chalitza with Sarah, would be permitted to marry um, Sarah's co-wife, Rivka's sister, but not um, Sarah's sister's co-wife. Uh, what do you want me to tell you? Um, so now says the says says the Gemara. Amr of Tuvi Bar Kisna says of Tuvi Bar Kisna. Amr Shmuel in the name of Shmuel. Habal Sarah's Chalutza. Somebody who um, right. So if Shimon would um, sleep with um, Rivka, who is the Tsare of Sorry, we did Chalitza with Avlad Mamzer. So the child is a Mamzer. My time I'll come be Isura Kaima. Because that's an Isser. What does that mean? Well, when Shimon does uh, Chalitza with Sorry, so then um, at that point, if he was to sleep with Sorry, it would be a Lav. It wouldn't be an Isser, right? It wouldn't be an Isser of Eishes Och. It wouldn't be an Isser Kares. Rather, it would be a love, right? That the Pazak says, right? It's a love. That if you're not going to do Yibum with Sarah, so then you can't, uh, then you missed your chance. You can't be with her anymore. And if you do, so then you're over on, on, on a mitzvah slow, say, but you're not Chayv Karis. Now, we're saying that does not apply, however, to Sarah's co-wife Rivka. Meaning, I may have thought to say that just like, um, um, meaning there was Sarah, there was Rivka, you had an opportunity to do Yibum with either one of them. And once you don't do Yibam, you do Chalitza. So then you missed your chance. And I would think I could argue that both by Sarah and by Rivke, if you were to have, if you were to sleep with either one of them, it would be a lav, and the child would not be a mamzer because that's only by Chiv Karis. But says uh, Shmuel, 
that actually, if you were to have a baby with Rivke, the child would be a mamzer because um, the love of Kevin Shelobana applies only to Sare, it does not apply to Rivke, and Rivke would be Aishas Och, which is a Chiyuv Karis, and the child would be a mamzer. So says the Gemara, Amr of Tuvi by Kisna Mashmuel, I'm reading that again, Chalutza, if Shimon were to sleep with Rivke, Havlad Mamzer, the child would be a Mamzer, my time out come be Isurakaima, because it's actually an Isur Erva. It's not uh, just the love of Kevin Shelobana Shuvlo Yivne. Amr of Yosef says, of Yosef, Afanonami Tonina, we talk also have in our Mishnah actually supports that. Mutter Adam, Bekrovas Saras Chalutsaso. Our Mishnah says, that a per, that Shimon would be permitted to marry Rivka's sister. Now, So I understand if you say that the issue, right, that we don't treat Rivka as a chalutza, rather we view her as an ish, uh, uh, as um, isr erva. So So he's usher to Rivka, but he's permitted to Rivka's sister. But if you say that Rivka is just like Sara, i.e. that it, that we treat her as a chalutza as well, my mutter. So then why would Shimon be allowed to marry Rivka's sister? We said in our Mishnah that you're not allowed to marry Achos chalutzaso. So rather, so we see that, um, Rivka is an Isser Erva, it's not an Isser chalutza. Let's say this is a Kasha of Yochanan, the Amr that Rabbi Yochanan says, Bein hu bein ochin. Whether Shimon, whether his brothers, would not be chayv karis for either Sare or Rivke. So Rabbi Yochanan seems to be saying that um, Rivke would not be a chayv karis. It's a, rather it's a, it's a love. So Amalech Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan can say, look, no, the Mishnah doesn't. Our Mishnah that says that you're allowed to marry Rivke's sister does not necessarily imply that Rivke. Um, is a chiyuv karis. Rivka could also be treated like a chalutza. What is the sister of a chalutza in any event? In Isra de Oraisa, that Rebbe says that the um, sister of a divorce of, of your divorced wife is also midoraisa, but the sister of a chalutza is also only midorabanan. And therefore, Rabbi Yochanan can argue that look, both. Sara and Rivke are 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 um, are um, treated like a chalutza. However, we say that if Shimon did chalitza with Sara, so then he's also to Sara's sister. But Sara's co-wife Rivka's sister, that we're not going to say. So yeah, we'll treat Sara and Rivka like uh, chalutzas, right? Rivka won't necessarily be in Isrkaris. However. We don't extend the sister of Chalutza thing to the Tsare of the Chalutza. We don't say that the Chalutza's Tsare's sister is, 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 is also, we're not going to extend it there. Um, and therefore, um, that is why, Rabbi Yochan could argue, that is why the Mishnah says that Shimon would be allowed to marry Rivka's sister, but it doesn't necessarily imply that there's a Chiyuv Karis between um, Shimon and Rivka. Maishnahai, um, Maishnahai. Now, the Gemara says, how come the Mishnah says that Shimon's allowed to marry, um, Sara's, Sara's, Rivka's sister, right? How come you're allowed to marry Rivka's sister, but you cannot marry Sara's sister's co-wife? So answers the Gemara, 
Well, it depends, right? Um, when Shimon goes to do Chalitza with Sarit, she's not bringing along Rivka. And therefore, nobody's going to, you know, see Sarit and Rivka together. Nobody's going to think that he did Chalitza with Rivka and then now he's marrying her sister. Rivka's not coming along and therefore, you know, nobody's going to make that mistake and he's allowed to marry Rivka's sister. However, Sarit may go along with her sister. And therefore, people might think that actually you did Chalitza with Sarit's sister and get confused. And then if you, if you marry, uh, you know, and therefore we don't want you to marry um, Sarit's sister's co-wife because you might get confused. People might get confused and think that it's actually Sarit's co-wife, which would be a problem. So, so that's why. Friends, that was Daf Mem. The first part of the daf, we kind of continued exploring the machlokas between Abishol and and the Rabbanon about um, sort of intention when it comes to yibum of you know if you have to make sure daf got to have the right intention um, and if not then don't do yibum and we then talked about inheritance that um, when Shimon does chalitza so then he doesn't inherit his brother but if he does yibum then he does inherit his brother. Um, we said that if um, the father is alive, then the father inherits the brother, uh, inherits Ruvain, and says with Yehuda that um, if the father is alive, then Shimon doesn't inherit anything at all, um, even after the father dies. Um, we then got to the Mishnah that kind of we learned for the entire Memo base, which is about Shniyas um, Arais, well, different Arais when it comes to um, a Chalutza. And we seem, and we're saying that even Shniyas Laraiyas apply to a Chalutza. Friends, that was Daf Memo from Sechti Yvamas. Hope you enjoy. Peace out.